Welcome into this edition of the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. We got the start of the season coming up uh, just less than a week away here. So Dave Hecker's joining me, Dustin Hawkinsmith on this edition. We are looking at the first of our four mid-pen division previews. We're going to go in alphabetical order on this thing. We're going to start with the mid-pen capital and um, some intrigue in this one, I think, Dave, just with a, how this division's going to sort itself out. But in my opinion, you've got a pretty clear favorite for the division. And I think one of the real contenders for the District 3 team crown as well on this Bishop McDevitt team. Yeah, first, Dustin, man, thanks thanks for uh, for introducing me there. I, uh, I'm i glad you got on and caught me when you did. I was, I was My family and I were extremely busy uh, packing up some boxes. We were getting ready to move to to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, being that it seems to have the best education in the state of Pennsylvania. But uh, you caught me at a good time. So ready to talk some some mid-pen capital division here. Hey, did, uh, did, did your plans change this week, I guess? It, 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 they did. They did. They, they, they changed drastically. So um, <laughs> um, that being said, no, I, I, I do agree with you. I think uh, there's some interesting teams here in this division. Um, some teams that are even growing, you know, coming along and improving their programs, which is which is excellent for the sport, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, I, I feel like there is one kind of clear favorite in this division. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of it unfolds, but in, in my opinion, and I, I know you're, you're thinking the same thing here, you know, Bishop McDevitt just, just has a ton of firepower and uh, is, is going to be going to be hard to upend at the district level and the, and the division level. So, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough team, and I think the, the build continues, and they've got a lot of those weight classes filled. We'll talk about them a little bit more here. Um, just looking at a few teams that that would be would admittedly be in that building stage. So Steel High, kind of new to the Mid-Pen Conference, still trying to build out the makings of, of a program after they took, what, two decades off there. So they're yeah. coming back and trying to build some enthusiasm in the city and try to build up their numbers and try to build up that talent that they need to compete at this level. Uh, I think that job continues in 2021 and 22. Uh, Susquehanna Township, you know, Scott Braderman takes over here for, for Tony Gish, who had to um, step away for some family stuff, which I know you can kind of relate to, to that situation. Yep. Um, he used the terms when he was communicating with me, just raw and inexperienced. So they're going to be building as well. And I know in the past, the township has really worked to um, work it with the football program and try to get some of those big athletes on board. And they've had some success doing that. I would expect that to continue. And then Middletown, um, same deal. Uh, Dan Riggs takes, takes a, a step away as well. And Seth Decker comes on, has taken over that program. They were very young last year. I think you're going to have a few of those guys who are back and who are building, but I think all three of those programs in different phases of a build that, um, that will continue into this season and just looking to try to get some, some gauges and just look to grow out of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, with Township and Middletown, both of them have new coaches and, uh, you know, I, 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 that, that coaching element, as far as that consistency of, of, of coach and somebody always the same person being there, that's important. And uh, like you said, these three programs are, are growing and, uh, you know, you have to start somewhere, right? And, and I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a path that you got to kind of dig your feet in a little bit and realize, you know, to, to get to the top, to, to work your way to the top. I mean, it's going to take a handful of years, if not more. Um, to you start, you know, rebuilding your elementary, your junior high programs, to you start seeing some of that, uh, you know, that hard work moving up through your program. So, you know, best of luck to all those guys and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on and, and keep working and, and hopefully they can, uh, you know, 
improve themselves and, and, and find themselves in, in the hunt in later years here for division title. I just don't see that happening, you know, this, this year. So, but the beauty of the sport is that you can, you know, you can see growth at an individual level. You There's can. a lot to gain as you, you know, you made a pretty passionate case last week um, in terms of just what you can get out of the sport if you're not an elite wrestler. So I think just being able to implement a wrestling culture at these places will be a huge step in the right direction this year. Let me look at four teams here that I, I would say are all capable of delivering some level of a surprise. Uh, I'll start with Milton Hershey. Um, Jimmy Taylor comes back to take over that program. Speaking of Dan Riggs, he's an assistant on Jimmy Taylor's staff now, which um, kind of brings a, a new element. Somebody who's experienced that, who can help run some practices, can you know bring his voice and leadership. They also traditionally have a lot of kids who come out for wrestling. I don't have the exact roster number in front of me, but I think they're going to be in like the 30s somewhere. And there's a lot of programs in this area who would be jealous of that 30 number. And there are, you know, different kids. And, and Jimmy pointed out to me that they had a couple of years ago, they took the, uh, to, had to take the year off last year through, through COVID, but they had eight freshmen that they really liked who now you're trying to restart their development. Can you speak to the challenge of, of that, of, of being away for a year? And that year can be disruptive at the middle school, elementary, junior high level. I mean, you can have some, some different things that occur from that. But we're looking at this group of freshmen to get their career started, have to press pause, and then try to bring them back in the room. What are the keys to getting them back on that trajectory again? I mean, on one of our, our previous episodes, we talked about like the struggles that we had just during the COVID offseason. You know, and, and now Milton Hershey, you know, lost an entire season. Um, that, that's difficult. You know, I mean, you don't see the kids for an entire season um, and they don't compete at all to come back. Now, however, I do like the rigs hire uh, as far as like having another head. Look, when you're when you are a, a program and as a head coach, look, I, I, I've, I've been here. I've done that um, as far as having assistant coaches that were former head coaches. You know, just the idea of understanding what you need as a coach, understanding, you know, how things work. Um, that's, a, that's a big pickup for, for Milton Hershey there to help Jimmy out. And Jimmy's a passionate guy. Um, his heart's always in the right place. Um, and, and it is a different element over Milton Hershey. But, um, man, 30-some kids on your roster. And, and listen, they used to come to the kickoff classic, and they always brought a, a, a high number of kids and uh, always populated our, our varsity and JV tournament extremely well. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that's difficult to do, especially after missing a whole year, um, uh, you know, getting the kids back and, and guys that were freshmen missing their sophomore season, season and now coming back as juniors. Um, again, man, just the, uh, the, the, the fortitude in that, the, the perseverance behind that um, is going to be important for them. And I think the silver lining with that, if you want to call it that, is that everybody was disrupted in some way during that year that they were disrupted to. Maybe not the same degree, but everybody's trying to get back sure. on some kind of course um, sure. this year. Sure. Uh, looking at this Camp Hill team, you know, Chad Gallagher has done an outstanding job. Small school, low numbers of, of students in that high school a pretty high percentage, all things considered, are participating in wrestling. He has gotten... I think the most out of his program to this point, they've been very, very competitive, giving the McDevitts and the Trinities a, a run for their money. Um, this year, you know, I, I think they're going to skew a little bit younger than they, than they have. They're, they have a, a big group of guys who are so important to their success. 
um, right in the middle of that lineup who are gone. Sean Getty, state qualifier. Max DeLay, state qualifier. Paul Parisi, uh, 189. You know, he, he delivered bonus points on a pretty regular basis for them. And then Nick LeMay, also in the middle of that lineup. So there, there's a, a big gap in there that they're looking to fill. They're going to get a little bit younger. You're going to have some guys grow into to those jobs. Um, some, some interesting players back led, I think by Christian Doy, who was a state qualifier a couple years ago, won regionals last year, uh, but ultimately didn't make, um, the super regional round or, uh, didn't make the, the state uh, tournament. So, um, just an interesting group and, uh, they will get a little bit younger. And I think as far as that goes, they are absolutely capable of, of delivering, but there are some wild cards involved. Yeah, there are. I, you know, and and you hit the nail on the head. I I agree. Chad does a does an outstanding job. Um, you know, it's such a small school too. Um, but losing, you know, Getty, Delay, Paris, and 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 Lamry, you know, that's 52, 60, 72, and 89. I mean, that's that's essentially your 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 four guys from your upper weights. I mean, that that middle and upper weight, like you said, and you know, you you don't just automatically re- replace guys like that. You know, I mean, that, that takes time for guys to come in and 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 learn and and improve and build so as, as tough and as, as as i think camp hill is at, um, at different spots like christian doy um, i do think that losing those four guys is is going to put a little bit of uh, a dent in their in their armor um however though you know who knows i mean who knows where these younger guys for them come in and and fill out at and um, you know, you have some of those middleweights that might get bigger and grow into those spots. So it'll be interesting to see how their lineup develops here as the season goes on. A couple guys worth watching. I think Marcus Colson was, was he'll, he'll grow into one of those weights. He was very, very, he looked very promising as a freshman last year. Uh, Kobe Moore is another one. He'll slot into one of those weights. And then right. Christian Doy's younger brother, Noah, uh, is a yeah. freshman for Camp Hill. If he's as athletic and powerful and potent as Christian is, he's going to be a wild card there too. So you can kind of see the makings, especially if from day one until the end of the season, you get a lot of growth from these young guys. You know, Camp Hill, I yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, you're you're right as far as the growth from the beginning to the end of the year. I mean, that, that's a true testament to a team. You know, like where you start, and and regardless of the talent you have, where you start and then where you finish. You know, did how much growth did did did, did you accumulate over that time period? And uh, you know, that's and they will improve. So. Yep. And as something you kind of can't account for as you're sitting here today, um, Harrisburg new to the division last year, they were in the Commonwealth, really just a, a struggle and a tough climb to be competing against the um, central dolphins and the state colleges and the Cumberland valleys of the world. They're, they're in this group with, uh, with double a teams, uh, Dom Commodore, speaking of hustling works as hard as anybody, his job as a coach is probably more all encompassing than most coaches, you know, just in terms of the role that he plays in his wrestlers lives and how willingly he plays that role. He's got some pretty solid numbers. He's got a, a contender back at heavyweight and Tyreek Jackson. He's got some guys who have some pretty good varsity experience back in the middle, um, still looking to round out that lineup and, and compete. But, you know, if the elements come together here too, I mean, Harrisburg can be a tough out in some of these duels. Yeah. I just saw Dom this morning on, on social media uh, looking for a 106 pounder. I mean, you talk about the hustle. Uh, that's, that's, that's what you're talking about, but I mean, here's the, here's what I want to tell you about Harrisburg. And this was, this was my speech to my team every year we went to wrestle Harrisburg, right? Like obviously a basketball school. So you're going to go into that gym, right? It's not going to be a lot of fans there. Okay. But you're going to go in that gym. They're going to grab a hold of you and they're going to be ready to wrestle. 
Okay. So at the end of the day, you're going to go in there and, you know, this is to the teams in the, in the capital division, be ready to wrestle. Cause I can tell you a few things. Harrisburg will not be scared to wrestle you. Right. Um, they're going to be physical. They're strong, um, you know, athletic. So I, I'm going to tell you what, man, you know, be, be ready to wrestle Harrisburg. Um, and, and, you know, I'm happy for Dom that, uh, you know, he has some some depth there that he feels coming back this year and some experience back in the lower middleweights. Um, but, you know, don't sleep on the bird, man. I, I uh, you know, that was always my, my speech to my team. And every year we went over there, somebody, somebody that wasn't supposed to lose would get beat or pinned every year, every year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I uh, it'll be exciting to see how, you know, Dom does. And again, like you said, being in the Commonwealth before, I mean, that was a rough stretch. You know, I mean, the, the Commonwealth is is a tough division to be in if, if you, you know, if, if you're a team on the upper echelon, let alone Harrisburg, who's trying to, to rebuild a little bit, you know, um, you know, it's tough. But I, I expect him to make a little bit more of a splash here in the capital. And what I would say, I mean, you call it a basketball school, football school as well. And yeah, you kind of yeah. have, have those, those mainstream sports that everybody wants to be a part of that. Everybody's sure. watching those sports on TV. The challenge has been to institute a culture where they value wrestling and the lessons and the hard work. And that's not to say, I mean, they've obviously had some, some really, really good wrestlers in their history, but just try, I think it's, it, it starts anew every year to try to build on that culture. And that's just the hard work that has to be done at a city school to keep kind of letting these kids know that this is some, this is a sport that can take you somewhere. And um, he, he's got a lot of good examples for, uh, of kids who have turned out really, really well. Nehemiah Diggs um, was one of them. Um, Devin Johnson, I wrote a story about him who, who's wrestling at a junior college in, in Michigan who, you know, Dom flew out there to Michigan with him to go see this campus. You know, he is t- he's going hands-on to make sure these kids understand where the opportunities are and he's fighting for them. If I am a parent of a wrestler at Harrisburg High, I'm extremely fortunate to have a guy like Dom Commodore as my coach, as my kid's coach. Okay. Like, you know, he cares about the kids. He's trying to lead them in the right direction. And like I said, if I'm a parent of a wrestler at Harrisburg, I'm, I couldn't be more happy with um, the guy, uh, you know, the head coach. I mean, I, I think Dom does a great job. His heart's in it. And uh, yeah. No, no question about the investment on the coach's part there. Um, let's look at this McDevitt team a little bit, because as I, I kind of stated, I mean, uh, and actually let me, let me, let me take a step back because Trinity, who, you know, well, um, too, with Joe Peretta, who, who was on your staff at Cumberland Valley for a time, I think, you know, before we dive into McDevitt, he is doing a very good job of building out that lineup too. There is a certain unique challenges that that come with, um, with leading that program. And I think, probably not getting enough credit for the depth that he's building. And that's something that you could kind of see come to the forefront. I saw them wrestle McDevitt pretty tough last year. I saw, I saw them wrestle a couple other teams pretty tough last year. This is a team that, you know, no easy out. Um, they've got an interesting mix of guys in the upper weights. They've got at a, a seasoned 106. They've got some other young guys who, who got some, a chance to wrestle last year and get some really valuable experience. Um, so I think this is a team that, that can um, surprise some people, I think. And, and you look at this, that, that group that, you know, the, the Harrisburg Trinity um, 
Camp Hill, Milton Hershey Group. I would say that Trinity, in my opinion, probably poses the biggest threat to McDevitt. And it's probably, um, you know, again, in, in my opinion, the second best team in this league. Yeah, I have them as my second two in this division. Um, Joe does a great job, and uh, I mean, he gets it. He he knows the work that goes into it. He made a he he was a good assistant coach for me, and uh, you know, he, here's the deal. I feel like, you know, upon Joe's arrival, like a year or two into it, um, I mean, I feel like they had close to a full lineup, which had never happened before, you know. Um, and they were making some noise in in the team stuff, where before it was just a lot of a couple individuals here and there that did really well. But Joe's really embraced that that team side of, of Trinity and, and done a great job, uh, you know, building that up. But I, Trinity is a dark horse, um, you know. Did, did they match up with McDevitt? Great, and eh, maybe not. Okay, but. I, I think Joe, like you said, has, has kind of quietly built something pretty good, pretty solid. So um, they are my number two pick in that division, partly because I, I think they are the second best team. And then partly because I have, I have a spot in my heart for Joe being, being a former assistant. So um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Full, full disclosure there, but um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I do believe they, they've got some firepower there. And, and as you mentioned, you know, we'll get into the McDevitt lineup, but you think about um Tucker Painter, who's going to be, I, I, I talked to Tucker here today, actually, he's going to be wrestling 189 for them. Um, Jagger Gray uh, was kind of in between, as the PIWA made that weight class shift last year, he ended up being sort of in between. And so now he's going to be down and be a big 172. That's the plan. So those two guys are interesting. They've got a, a really solid heavyweight and you have some options with, with, uh, with Joe, what you do with Jagger gray and, and uh, Tucker painter that you can, you can move those guys around a little bit, but they do, you know, the strength of that lineup kind of where you're matching up with McDevitt, not, not a good fit at this point in time because of obviously Riley Robel um, at heavyweight um, coming back and um, they get Bryce Enders coming in from, from Halifax, who was a state medalist last year, who he looks like he's going to be a 215. And then they've got a pretty good looking freshman there and Lucas Lawler coming the in. Lawler kid, um, yeah. 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 So, and, and, and there are other pieces of the puzzle too, but just looking at, at how those two, two teams match up, um, that'll be a pretty key stretch and weights there for Trinity to try to hold their own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, you, the two guys here, you mentioned painter and, and Jagger gray. I mean, the nice part about those two is they're good workout partners, right? You see that a lot on yep. teams, like, you know, you have a good 60 pounder. Well then your, your 52 pounder is, is going to usually be pretty good because they work out with each other. So um, those two are, are two that, you know, you can even watch out a little bit on the district level and in the individual tournament, I feel like. Um, but I, I think Jag is, is definitely more of a 72 pounder than an 89 pounder. So I think that will be a good move for him down to 72 and then Tucker at 89, especially for the postseason. But you hit the nail on the head again, um, the ability to move those two around and get the matchups you need, even possibly double weight them at times, you know, at different weights, to try to get matchups. So I, I think, you know, he has a, a good one, two punch there with those two upper weights. And uh, here's the deal. When you have good upper weights, and I, and I mentioned this before with Raleigh Ravel, you're getting six points a lot of time, right? So for your team, like, so, you know, a lot of matches, that's going to be 12 points, you know, for Trinity off the bat. Yeah. So, um, you know, for a team, from a team standpoint, that's, uh, that's going to be big. But I, I expect both those two, as well as the Lewis kid to, to do well, very well. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, and so, you know, we talked about McDevitt a little bit. And I think the context of the conversation with those guys is, um, you know, you got to take care of business in the dual season. Obviously, you've got to take care of business in your in your division. You've got to back up what looks to be a really, really good team on paper. Uh, but they go they, they do go deeper that, than the, you know, those couple studs there. You got Andrew Christie coming back. Um, in the middle of that lineup, you got Jake Gilfoyle coming back. They're both juniors now. They were sophomores um, when they right. got there last year. Anthony Glessner, um, he beat Tucker Painter last year. Uh, Cade Warner's a good wrestler. Gabriel Toldy, uh, right. looking around one one thirty eight. So you're not looking at a, a a team that's definitely a good tournament team, but you're not sure about duels. You've got you've got a lot of weights covered here with guys who are pretty darn good. I'd take every one of them. I, I, yeah, really. I, I mean, all those guys yeah. can scrap. Um, I mean, they're, they're experienced. Uh, they, they can wrestle. Um, and, and here's the deal. They spread out well. You know what I'm saying? Like you got you got guys, the names you're naming. I mean, they're all spread out. So when you have a team that spreads out well, you can make moves yourself, you know, and, and get the matchup you need. I, I, I just think, uh, you know, they're just they're going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful. Um, you know, especially Adam Lawler at 89 and Ender's at 215. I mean, wow, that's uh, that's that's some that's some tough upperweights. Again, tough upper, bonus points. Yeah. And and you know, Glester can bounce around a little bit. You could see him at 72 and 89. I think. You know, I, I think they've got some flexibility. I didn't even mention Kale Rossi who comes back. Um, he looked to be pretty small for 106 last year. I can only assume that he grows into that weight class a little bit. So you're you're pretty good on 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 the ends of your lineup there, which is where you see a lot of programs struggling to fill those weights with with good kids. They don't really have that that issue. Um, look. Looking at some of these individual wrestlers, Dave, I, you know, just looking at the individual level, Riley Robel, obviously let's lead off with him, uh, made the jump last season from 182 to 285, uh, was undefeated until he got to the state finals and wrestled um, Nathan Taylor from Brookville, lost a decision there, but the, the message was sent at that point in time that he is uh, a legitimate contender. He is um, a guy who, you know, frankly, when, when it's all said and done, his career wraps up, I would be surprised if he's not a two-time PIAA champion, the way that last year went and his debut at that weight can only get better from here, especially since he looks like he's about 20 pounds heavier this time around. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my pick for the, uh, the, that division's wrestler of the year by, by, by a long shot. Um, I mean, if he's up to 270, 280, I mean, he was big, strong and powerful as a sophomore at 250. Um, but man, being, being that, that size as a heavyweight and, and being able to move, I mean, it, he's, he's going to be a force, um, you know, at, at, at heavyweight. So um, I, I, yeah, I really like him. And, you know, I've talked about him before um, and a guy that I feel um, is again, uh, you know, by far my, my division wrestler of the year for them. So. And it could only help him and hurt everybody else that he's going to drill with a, another state medalist every day. You know, uh, you yeah. want to talk about the, yeah. the synergy there yeah. with Bryce Enders and Riley Rebell um, and what that can do for both of them. Right, right. I tell you, you know, another team that I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, is is East Penn, um, and and uh, and Mike Kramer's squad. I, I feel like they're going to be another team in there that's like in the middle of the road a little bit. You know, they have some guys back. Um, they they lost some guys. I I feel like uh, they lost. I think the the, the furlong kid um, uh, from their from their their team. But you know, they have some other guys coming back, and I see them. You know, this is Kramer's third year at East Penn, and I see them falling somewhere in the middle of that pack around the, uh, 
the areas of like the, 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 the Harrisburg and Milton Hershey, East Penn kind of intertwined all in there. So, you know, that, that, that middle group, that's going to be a fight for second. I, I, I believe that. And I, like I said, Trinity is the team I'm thinking, but, you know, between Trinity, Camp Hill, Milton Hershey, East Penn, Harrisburg, I mean, there's four or five teams there that, that they're going to be scrapping for, for, for that, that number two spot. Yeah, that was an omission on my part when I read off that that list of teams at first. But I, I really like um, Mike Kramer's energy there. You know, he's a really he's a positive thinker. Um, he is kind of trying to get after it. He works in the high school, so he's kind of working the hallways. You know how important that is in this day and age to try to have FaceTime with with you know, football players or, or whoever that you want to come out, but also being able to stay in the loop with what's going on with your guys too is so important, but they, um, I think they, they bring back a fair number of pieces from last year. Um, he felt pretty good about how they were able to build through all that adversity. And, you know, his kid, Logan Kramer is a, a pretty nice looking sure. senior who, who was capable of making some noise. And I think to your point with that layer of teams that runs four or five deep, you're going to see some pretty spirited duels when you see East Penn wrestle sure. Harrisburg or Harrisburg wrestle sure. Milton Hershey, Milton Hershey wrestling uh, Camp Hill. So I think this is going to provide quite a few fun duels throughout the year. They might not be the ones that are, you know, you're really paying attention to when it comes to the district three power ratings or something like that. But I think they're going to be fun opportunities and uh, the division, you know, they should make each other better along the way. And moving forward, I, I feel like I think East Penn, you said the Kramer kid, I think he's their only senior. I, 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 you know, looking at some stuff here, I think he's their only senior. So even moving forward in the future, uh, you know, they're looking, you know, much improved. So. And I, and I would say about them too, is, um, you know, obviously I think everybody, you know, I don't know if everybody has numbers to, to back it up, but everybody lost wrestlers because of the pandemic or they sure. lost wrestlers because, you know, uh, they might've been on the fence and then the idea of wearing a mask pushed them on the other side of the fence. But sure. East Penn ha had quite a few guys that, that they ended up losing because of, of this, that they're, you know, not that they're going back to square one or anything, but you are in some respects just trying to get that growth back. And, um, you know, you kind of can't make up for lost time, unfortunately, in wrestling. No, and, and I think you're going to, like I said, we're going to see that across the board with teams just trying to get their feet back on the ground after that COVID year and, and settle in. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. Like I said, the focus here is from the beginning to the end of the year. You know, how much does your team grow? Where you start and then where you finish. Um, so, yeah, I, I best of luck to those teams in that, in that capital division. I think, uh, you know, that'll be interesting to watch there, especially that, that middle group, you know. That middle group. So there we go. I mean, the mid-pen capital division, kind of unpredictable in the middle there. You've got a team in Bishop McDevitt looking to take that leap, compete with the Boiling Springs and the West Perrys. And I think it's going to be a pretty spirited competition in the District 3 level as well. We're going to preview every division in the mid-pen here on the Pen Live Wrestling Podcast throughout this week coming up. That's Dave Heckard. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. That's it for this edition in the Mid-Pen Capital. Stay tuned this week. We're going to tackle the Mid-Pen Colonial, the Commonwealth, and the Keystone Division as well. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next time on the Pen Live Wrestling Podcast.